five, actually six minutes now after the hour of nine o'clock. Paige Heitman is your host. This is the Phelps Health Program. And Paige, before I let you talk. Yeah, go ahead and do the introductions, Lee. I have to, I have to do this introduction <laughs> because this is a, a young lady that literally saved my life. Uh, I remember a, a day in January of 2019, maybe. My foot, I've had foot problems mm-hmm. for a great many years. I don't want to get into me too much. But anyway, it was very infected. Mm-hmm. And this woman, this person, this friend took command of a situation. Got my doctor over there, got it fixed. And this foot, if you if you look at it today, it's phenomenal. It looks like a regular foot. Yes. And I'm talking about Candy Sadler, who's mm-hmm. with us today. Candy is one of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. And I'm going to tear up here, so I'm not going to go any further other than the fact that I'll let you introduce her because she is a person that literally saved my life. And I want to show her something mm-hmm. before we can begin. Yeah, absolutely. Go and for I, it. I hate to do this because it is radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looks amazing! So it's his foot that he's showing. <laughs> we call it scar gazing. So we invented that in the wound care clinic whenever uh, we have a scar. It's like, it's such a victory because... You know, saving someone's foot is like helping save someone's life. Do you life. remember that day? I do. You remember that foot? I do. It was horrible. Anyway, I'm sorry, Paige. Go Lee, I, I love that. I think that's such a perfect introduction. Um, we all think Candy's really, really great. So I want to introduce her and let her talk talk about herself a little bit. So Candy Sadler is an adult geriatric nurse practitioner at Phelps Health, and she works in the wound clinic. Candy, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, why you work at Phelps Health, what got you interested in wound care. I grew up here in Rolla, and I love this town. I love my community. And basically, you know, it's when my patients come see me, we're just like family and friends. And I got into adult geriatric uh, wound care um, a lot from my mom. I think I've talked about that before, but my mom was in the hospital a lot when I was growing up. And I just felt like everyone was just so smart and so cool. And I just wanted to be like them. And so I was like, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to do all this. And I'm going to come back and save people too. Mm-hmm. And so you have. I mean, here's yes. a perfect example, yes. right, Lee? So you also have a wound ostomy incontinence certification. What does that mean? So the wound ostomy incontinence, wounds um, in general, and like all kinds. Like people are like, oh, what kinds of wounds? And like, well, really any kind. Mm-hmm. Any kind of like chronic wound, and we even do some acute wounds. Like, so I have, you know, some really high risk moms that have gone to have C sections and have that opened up or become infected very, very rarely, but that can happen. And we help those close up sooner and faster and easier for those moms too. So, even those kinds of wounds, surgical wounds, things like that, are certainly in our scope of practice. Yeah, it's pretty broad, right? Um, mm-hmm. So before we get started, can you tell us what the wound clinic is and what services you provide to patients in the area? Um, so if you have an open wound and your doctor wants you to get some help healing that up because you're just not healing in the regular pattern of wound care healing, and that's, you know, within two to three months, most wounds should be relatively healed. And most of our patients, especially adult geriatric patients, do have other chronic conditions, comorbidities, And that make it a little harder to heal wounds. And we just kind of help out with that. Very cool. I love that. And one more question that I I don't even have on this outline, but we talked about this right before the radio show started. You have a special talent. You have a very unique nose. Uh, So I would love for you to share that with with our listeners. Um, My collaborative physician is Dr. Coble. And so he's coined the term hard of smelling. So 
<laughs> he says I'm hard of smelling. And I've been this way my whole life. I can remember, like, um, I was a kid and my dog had gotten attacked by some coyotes and had some serious problems. And, you know, I have a whole story about that. But he got maggots and I just didn't, like, you know, I didn't smell it. Didn't it didn't like other you. people know. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, this stuff doesn't bother me. It was never a big deal. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's interesting, hence your love of wound care. <laughs> yes, I mean, I remember, I don't know that my mom will love this story, but she was in the ICU and she had had an uh, infected abdomen and an ileostomy. And I was like, Mom, that's so cool. <laughs> I can see yeah, your guts moving in there. There's people that would faint. The and then there's the people I like, was like a teenager, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and the nurse was so sweet. And she's like, well, you can watch and, like, let me, I can show you, you know what, my mom doesn't remember this. Probably she had some pain medicine, thankfully. They were very lovely. And, um, but I did, I did think it was very cool. <laughs> I love that. Perfect. It's so perfect to have you on the show today. So our actual topic today, after we've done all of our introductions is diabetic foot ulcers. Let's just start off talking about how diabetes actually affects our feet. Diabetes is very debilitating for feet. If your diabetes is uh, not really under control and you do have high blood sugars very consistently over time, it can lead to neuropathy. Neuropathy is having, like, you know, just not being able to feel your feet. Um, and you know, that, that is an issue if you can't feel it, you know, and I often say to my patients, if I'm wearing high heels and they're like messing up my feet cause I'm not used to wearing high heels and I get a blister, I know it and I take them off mm -hmm. and they don't know that. And they just keep wearing that. And a lot of times, you know, when I get patients coming into me, it's like, Hey, I was out shopping with my wife. Um, we went shopping and antique shopping all day. Literally that's what happened this week. And I had a patient say that, and he's got a blister on his foot. Oh, you know, that's a, that's an issue, you know, and they are just out living their life and don't realize that their shoes are pinching or that they have something in their shoe, that something's wrong with their sock. I mean, there's just a whole host of things can mm -hmm. happen. So what is a diabetic foot ulcer? What do we mean whenever we say that? It is an open neuropathic wounds. And so neuropathy is like a host. There's a lot of things that can cause neuropathy and that's not feeling your feet. And diabetes is one of them. And the diabetic foot ulcer is just an open wound typically caused by friction, shearing, um, shoes, you know, even having, you know, stepping on something across your carpet because you're not wearing really protective footwear if you have neuropathy. Lots of things like that can happen. And that's what an, it's any open wound basically on the foot when you have diabetes and neuropathy. Is it any size of wound as well? It can be any size. Um, I'm really excited that I have a patient that I'm treating right now. He's a fabulous guy. I really like him. He is um, got a Charcot midfoot. His doctor got us in, got him in really quickly. It's really small, but it's, you know, it's a midfoot one. And anytime you get like a collapsing of your foot, when I say Charcot, it's whenever the bones kind of collapse and then you're walking a little bit more on the center of your foot versus on the heel in the front. And so anytime you get that kind of an ulcer, even a small one, it can be, it's really, really important to get that taken care of really quickly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Who can get a diabetic foot ulcer? Anybody basically with diabetes, anybody with neuropathy. And so just saying, hey, you're a brand new diabetic and you haven't had really bad blood sugars and you're really good with checking in with your doctor, you know, that's a little bit, you know, you can develop neuropathy over time if your blood sugars become out of control. So keeping your blood sugars into control and making sure that having high blood sugars don't mess with the nerve endings and the vascular system in your periphery, your peripheral extremity, you know, your feet and your hands, mm -hmm. um, is making sure that you can prevent that. 
So does it matter if you have like type 1 or type 2 diabetes or is it just across the board? It is actually across the board with diabetics and type 1 diabetes is a whole different ball game with, than type 2. And typically with type 1 diabetes, they're, you know, they're just not making any insulin because of the, the, the way type 1 diabetes mm -hmm. works. And so it's really important for type 1 diabetics to be diagnosed early and then treated very, very consistently throughout their lives. You know, I discovered I had issues with my foot. No. Because I was walking to the bathroom one day and had a blood trail. Mm -hmm. Wow. On my foot, I just was walking. Where's this, what's these red spots? Holy cow, Lee. And that's when you wild. have a neuropathy, that's what happens. And so, mm -hmm. Paige, you think about, like, us. Mm -hmm. We don't have a neuropathy. We don't have diabetes. Yeah, I feel yes. if I step on something. Yes, yeah. and you would know it, and you would yep. feel it. And imagine you didn't feel the pain, and mm -hmm. then you kept doing that, and you wouldn't know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that wound will continue to get yes, bigger. Yes, I have a pair of shoes that are super of. cute that I yes. really like to wear, but I can't because they make a blister on yeah. the heel and I take them off. You know, that's the same mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, you wear them for a photo and then yeah. you immediately You're like, take them oh, off. Those are killing me. I can wear them to dinner and that's it. Yes. So how do diabetic foot ulcers form? So like the situation that Lee had, how does that happen? So whenever you don't feel it and you keep walking, you get a blister. You get pressure and you get friction and shearing. And so at the beginning, you can get either deep tissue injury, which means the, the deep tissues are affected, which is typically more of like a blunt force type trauma or like um, a very long time pressure, like significant destruction to the, you know, that's tissue underneath your skin, the subcutaneous tissue, and even the bone. Mm -hmm. But typically what they'll get is a beginning blister in, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So does the blister just look like a normal blister? Because I, yes. I feel like maybe that's part of the problem sometimes mm -hmm. is that it looks like a normal blister. Yes. And people think, oh, it'll go away. Yes, and, and they, they do. Does. And sometimes they will. And certainly working with your primary care doctor and alerting them of the issue, getting uh, proper diabetic footwear, and doing a foot exam. Your primary care doctor, the doctor that treats your diabetes, would do a foot exam, especially anytime you're newly diagnosed with diabetes. I would think that's very appropriate. Mm -hmm. What if um, they haven't done a foot exam? Is it okay to ask your doctor if you have diabetes to look at your feet? That feels weird, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and so physicians, um, so we have nurse practitioners taking, you know, um, doing all a lot of things with p patients and seeing them initially. Unfortunately, in the state of Missouri, we do need to have the foot exam performed by the um, physician in mm -hmm. order to get that covered correctly. At least that's my knowledge to this day. If I'm wrong, please let me know. But so we do ask their um, patients to do at least a yearly foot exam with their primary care doctor. If they do have diabetes, Typically, the primary care doctor will set them up with a podiatrist, as Lee well knows, and so do I. We <laughs> mm -hmm. love our podiatrists, all of them in this town. I yeah. won't name them all, but they're all uh, fabulous. And if you have diabetes, <laughs> yes, Lee will name them for us. Our, uh, yeah, our, I have um, relationships with these people. Our Dr. Pearson and our Dr. Johnson are always, like, answering uh -huh. my phone calls. Yes. I've got another one for you. Yesterday it was Dr. Johnson, and then the day before uh -huh. it would be Dr. Pearson. They're, all, they're very lovely. Uh, you have Munsby dial at this Pretty point. Pretty much, yeah. and they've got their own nicknames. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we will get into that here, yes. right? So what are some of the symptoms of foot ulcers? Some of the symptoms are, like what Lee says, a lot of that is what's happening. What we mm -hmm. really prefer the symptom to be is... If you're diabetic and you're having, uh, you're doing foot inspections, mm -hmm. inspect your shoe, inspect your foot, put it in there. And then when you inspect your foot and you notice a blister or redness or something, that would be the appropriate time to making your appointment with your primary care doctor. You mentioned something before that I thought was really, really interesting. Diabetic shoes or socks. What do those look like? Where can somebody even find those? 
Diabetic shoes are found at any like of durable medical equipment. You can also order them. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be fitted for them depending on your issues. Like for instance, Lee would need specialty mm-hmm. footwear. You know, you've had a wound already. You know, specialty footwear would be appropriate. If you're newly diabetic, you've been diagnosed, and you're having a little bit of neuropathy, talking to your doctor. And, and ordering uh, regular footwear where you can get insoles would be appropriate as well, too. So what's the value of treating a diabetic foot ulcer? Um, limb loss is a really big problem. Um, diabetic foot ulcers, I think your statistic on here is that 24% of mm-hmm. patients with diabetes that develop a foot ulcer will have an amputation. And the statistics go down from there. Once you have an amputation, your risk of... Um, dying from a any cause is significantly higher. I think the last statistic I read, it was it's been a little while, but um, the statistic for amputation of a diabetic foot is similar to that of being diagnosed with breast cancer. It's wow. very, very yeah, similar. Katie would tell me during mm-hmm. our sessions when we would and she and the other girls would work on me that, you know, years ago this would have been amputated. Mm-hmm. So that's what the pain. That's what, and your five-year life expectancy is significantly right. decreased. That's what her clinic does. That's what mm-hmm. her, that's what her group does. Yeah. They so whenever say, you say save, save your life, save, mm-hmm. save a limb, save a life. That yeah. was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Line. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So let's say that somebody comes in. I'm going to use Lee as an example because he's worked with you and gone kind of through what I'm going to call this program. How should a diabetic foot also be treated? What does that process look like? Um, so typically, our diabetic foot ulcers, we want to prevent infection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to offload, meaning we want to get the pressure off of it. Whatever way, if the patient would need a knee walker, wheelchair, we also, one of our gold standard treatments is total contact casting. So we use antimicrobials, depending on how debilitating your foot ulcer is. Um, you know, sometimes they need surgical debridement, sometimes they need wound vacuum systems. Uh, sometimes you have to offload them completely. Most of the time, we get the patients in early enough from their primary care doctors and their foot exams that we can do an offloading contact cast. We can do an antimicrobial to make sure they don't get an infection, um, and then we can heal it up that way, get the patient into specialty footwear, specialty insoles, and then they will never have to come back and see us again, is my hope. <laughs> Which is your goal, yes. right? You don't I want, want them to see, see them their again. primary cares and their podiatrists and never have to come back to wound mm-hmm. care because we have enough. <laughs> <laughs> How long does it take um, an ulcer to heal? We hope that they would get done um, healing from initial visit to um, 12 weeks. And that is our goals, always our goals, is to heal someone within 12 weeks. So when do they become dangerous? Is it after that 12-week mark, or is it the type of wound that it is? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question. So I, so when we do the initial assessment, we um, there are protocols we have to follow, depending on your insurance and things like that, to get you in some specialty dressings. There's all kinds of them. We have biologics that are super mm-hmm. cool, too. Um, but what we like to do is at four weeks, we do an assessment if it's healing within... Uh, your wound is 40% smaller by that time, then you might be able to heal by regular means by the end of 12 weeks, and everything is great, and you might not need specialty. But if you don't, and there's other statistics with it too, Mm -hmm. depending on the placement of the ulcer and Charcot midfoot ulcers, we don't even, we just put them right in a total contact cast Mm -hmm. because they're amputations. Um, So typically... After the four weeks, if they've healed within 40% or less, then we would then step that game up and we automatically would offload with a total contact cast and, and be able to do that. Um, all diabetic foot ulcers are dangerous, every single one of them. Why do you say that? Um, 
anytime you have a diabetic foot ulcer and you can't feel it, your neuropathy is so significant that um, you could walk across your house, step on a tack or something like a Lego, and you wouldn't feel it. You could cause significant damage to your foot and you wouldn't know that. You could even break your foot at certain times and you wouldn't even know it. And then you're walking on that and it's very likely for them to get infected. So once you get an infection, then it can get into your bloodstream and that can actually kill you. Just your bone, it's a, a little whole thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's just mm -hmm. right. My, my ulcer was not that big. Wow. Yeah, the size of what, a dime? Dime maybe. Mm -hmm. And it was just unbelievable what damage it did. Mm -hmm. That was in my left foot, which I showed you guys a while ago. Lee, what it. was your recovery period? Well, I had one on my other mm -hmm. foot, too. So, <laughs> so my, I guess Candy and I were together for a couple of years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We had some... Had yours some was a pretty pretty complicated, fun, friendly, <laughs> fun time. We got to hang out for a little while. But I was, we, I was on, in January of 19, I think it was, like I said, mm -hmm. it... This, the left foot got infected, and Candy and, and Dr. Pearson just literally saved it. I thought I was done because mm -hmm. I had the whole fever and I had the, the infection and all that stuff going on, and that was from something that was like a dime at the very start. Yeah, that you don't even realize. Like Candy said, mm -hmm. that's why it's so important to make sure that you're getting your feet checked, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. it was pretty amazing the work they do over there. Yeah. So how can a foot ulcer be prevented? Prevention. So prevention of diabetes. Mm -hmm. And I love prevention. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite. Um, really, really maintaining very good control with your doctor of your blood sugars. Um, your A1C, get that checked. Um, I love it. Our hospital gives us a discount on our insurance if we go and get our yearly checks. And mm -hmm. they do all of that stuff. And they talk to all of us as you know, as healthcare providers and patients, it's mm -hmm. my favorite thing. Um, we get to, you know, everybody gets checked on that, and and it's it's promoted as a good thing. Like, hey, we'll give you a discount. It's not like a bad thing. You know, I love yeah everyone being able to go and manage our health and wellness and fitness and having the community um, doing that too. We have lots of different gyms around here. You know, lots of web access to really healthy eating. We have. Mm -hmm a wonderful um, group of, uh, we have a dietitian, diabetes educators, teaching us how to eat properly with diabetes. Asking your doctor about all of those kinds mm -hmm. of resources is really important for prevention if you are diagnosed with diabetes. If you've got diabetes, yeah. every night before you go to bed, check your feet. Mm -hmm. Every mm -hmm. night. Lee, that's great advice. Do you do that? Well, it took me a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do it now. Uh-huh. Yeah, now, but that, you're back then, I was an mm -hmm. arrogant old man. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now but, you're a wise old man. <laughs> yeah, well, I love, I love Candy very, very mm -hmm. much. I love you, too. But I don't want to see her again under mm -hmm. these circumstances. I want yes, to see her. I want to go to her body, bodybuilding session. Yes. Yeah. Like you want to see her at the radio. At the gym. At the radio. At the radio. Uh -huh. but, uh, but that was, uh, that was quite an ordeal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Candy, you do something else that I think is really, really cool um, in your guys' area in your department. You practice what you preach. So whenever you go and you talk about nutrition and health and wellness, um, share with all of our listeners how you live that out in your clinic. My whole clinic is full of really, really wonderful women, and we support each other. Mm -hmm. And we see, you know, how debilitating, you know, not being in control of your health, wellness, your fitness, and your nutrition can be. And we are all super supportive. We all like to go to the gym. We even go together a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, so... One of my um, 
one of my nurses is a mom and she has little bitty kids. She doesn't want to leave. So she gets up a little early and she'll do like the um, Krista. We love her so much. Krista's wonderful. She is, but she doesn't want to leave her babies. So no, she does sure. the home video workouts yep. and does really, really well on her nutrition too. So we all pretty much whenever we're together, we're eating pretty healthy or we're having Mexican. <laughs> it's oh, always it's, a balance, it's the right? Same thing, yes. It? yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good for your soul. Yes. <laughs> no, but I think that's really cool because you guys are continually or preaching that nutrition is really, really important whenever you're trying to heal an open wound or wherever you're trying to prevent diabetes um, from worsening. And you guys live that out every day in in your clinic. And I think that's really cool. We do. We like the, um, you know, weirdly wound healing and mm -hmm. bodybuilding do kind of go together muscle building mm -hmm. um you know adequate nutrition is super important for wound healing too and it's like i you know we all say this and you know our charts say that we talked at least three minutes we talk the whole time <laughs> about you know proper nutrition getting enough protein for wound healing mm -hmm. while you're healing your wound and then hopefully it becomes a habit for them and then they can learn from that and then go back to their primary cares and their podiatrist and you know kind of never have to come back and see us with an open wound. Yes, absolutely. So if someone's checking their feet and other areas of their skin for ulcers, what types of things should they be on the lookout for? Just making sure, say, like whenever you have an ulcer, like a blister, like um, a separation, like a white area with surrounding redness or even redness that's not blanching. Mm -hmm. When you press on it, it doesn't blanch. There's like your first sign of even some pressure that you might need to watch or that you may have something in your shoe or that your sock may have fit wrong. And diabetic socks are really great for that. But if you don't have those, even turning them inside out so the it doesn't poke you. Mm -hmm. So how can somebody become a patient at the one clinic? Can they just walk in and say, boy, I want to see candy today? I would love <laughs> that. But unfortunately, we have to schedule and we do actually need you to all um, check with your primary care providers mm -hmm. first and then they would do a referral over. Mm -hmm. And that phone number, too, um, is 573-426-2214 for anybody listening. But, again, you do need to go through your primary care provider. It's really, really important to establish care, especially if you have diabetes, because you go and see candy. But hopefully you don't see candy for an extended period of time. And you go back to your primary care provider, and they can help um, kind of with preventive care, longevity, that type of stuff. Absolutely. What, what can somebody expect from an initial visit to wound care once they have that referral? When they get the referral, then they would be um, scheduled with us. They would come in, we would assess their foot, mm -hmm. check out um, their nutrition, their lifestyle. We ask a bunch of questions. We develop a plan. Um, and then we would decide, go from there, on how we're going to treat this and get you in and out as soon mm -hmm. as possible. And it's different for every patient, right? Every patient is absolutely different. It's so different I can't even talk. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's night and day. Yes, and I would... love that Lee can talk about his experience. Um, is a little extreme experience, but but certainly, you know, that's really mm -hmm. excellent that Lee can speak to that. And, um, and he had a positive outcome. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. Those girls wouldn't let me leave until we were done. Until we were right. Until, until they held you accountable. Well, they certainly yeah. did. Yeah, it wasn't all them. I it mean, was kind of like a prison, but maybe... <laughs> But a prison that you like yeah. brought yourself to. No, <laughs> yeah. no, you know when you love someone so yes. much. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a lot tough of love. Responsibility to do it yeah. myself, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a godsend over there. Yeah, it's, she is just her and her girls. Mm -hmm. I can't say enough. Yeah, well, when we look at you today, and your foot's completely healed, and you have a scar over it. 
which it's is amazing. So, oh, whatever. It's really it like the best scar gazing. Yes. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I love my foot. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to keep it as long as possible. I want to keep it as long as Right? Yes. yes. Um, I've got one more quick question before we wrap up. Um, is the hospital safe to come to, even with COVID-19 and flu season now beginning? I think so. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We take very good, you know, precautions there yes. all the time. Everybody has been, you know, super safe. Mm-hmm. You know, our vaccination records are pretty good. Um, and, you know, whether people believe that or not, that's perfectly fine. Um, I think it's a choice. It's fabulous. We've all chosen to get vaccinated in our clinic. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we are absolutely happy to, you know, welcome all those all those people and and we were taking all those precautions for all of that. Awesome. Candy, thank you so much. This has been probably one of my favorite shows today. I love this. Um, so thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. I love it. And I love Lee. <laughs> yeah, Lee wants you to come back next week. <laughs> Every day. Yes. So to learn more about the Phelps Health Wound Center, call 573-426-2214. If you missed part of the show or would like to listen to it again, please visit phelpshealth.org.